following is a message by Pastor Dale O'Shields, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer. We pray that you will be blessed by this message. Now, here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Would you join me this morning in welcoming all of our other campuses to say good morning to the folks in Frederick and Clarksburg and universities at Shady Grove. Give them a good round of applause as we're all... Uh, coming together to worship today and live streaming together. It's great to be a part of all the campuses gathering in worship. I want to continue our Wiser series this weekend. I want to talk to you uh, today about the wisdom to guide your decisions. This is going to be a two-part message. We'll continue with the same theme next weekend. We're talking about how to make good decisions in your life. We all need guidance to make decisions. Every day, if you think about it, uh, throughout your day, from the time you wake up in the morning till the time you go to bed at night, you're, you're making choices. You're deciding, what, what am I going to have for breakfast? What am I going to wear today? A lot of different things that you decide that are kind of subconscious. Some you consciously decide, but they're, they're sort of inconsequential in terms of what you do. It doesn't really matter a whole lot if you wear a blue shirt or a white shirt or a green shirt, but there are some decisions you make in life that have major consequences to them. And in life, part of what you and I need to do is have guidance so that when we're, we're facing a crossroad, we're facing a situation where we need to make a good decision, we're making a choice about a job, a choice about a relationship, a choice about something in life that can set us toward our future, we really need to have wisdom. We need to know how to make the right choices. It's really sad to think about how some people actually make choices. Some folks will make a choice by flipping a coin. Heads or tails is what I'm going to do. Some people, sadly enough, even some Christians, are those that will get up in the morning and one of the first things they consult is their horoscope. What am I supposed to do today? Let me tell you, if you're reading the horoscope, I've got a word for you. You ready? Stop it. There you go. Okay. You don't need your horoscope. You need the Bible. You need what God has to say. And so there are different ways that people go about trying to find guidance for their life. And part of what you and I need to understand is that God wants to be your source of guidance. God wants to be your guide, and He has given you divine guidance through this book called the Bible, and your Bible is your guidebook for life. And there's a key passage in the Bible that lays a foundation for guidance, and it's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Many of you perhaps know it, perhaps you've memorized it, but I want to take you back to it today from the New King James Version, as well as the New Living Translation, and listen to what God says about getting guidance, making decisions for your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths." The New Living Translation says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. Notice that He will direct your path. He will show you which path to take. When I read these two verses, it's a great relief to me because I find in these two verses what I would call God's guidance made simple. Or we might say it this way, for a number of years there were books that came out, such and such for dummies. You've read books like that, okay? Uh, Computers for dummies, relationships for dummies. There's this series of dummies books. I would call that this is guidance for dummies right here, okay? (laughs) 
This is exactly what we need to understand at the very basic level about how to get guidance from God. And I'm going to share with you four lessons from these two verses that if you will get these four lessons in your life, it will put you on the journey of making good decisions, wise decisions at the crossroads of your life. The first thing that we're told to do by Solomon and the wisdom of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit here in this passage, is that God tells us that you and I need to address our trust issues. All of us have issues in life. There's not a single one of us here today that are fully functional. All of us have dysfunctional dimensions of life, ways that we could do life better, think better, be better as individuals. And sometimes those issues come in different forms. And one of the big issues that people will face in life is what we call the trust issue. When a person has been hurt or rejected or abandoned or dismissed by significant people in their life, and especially if this, ha- this has happened in a repeated fashion, they can become hesitant to trust anyone. The hurts of life can get you to the place you put walls up and you say, I'm just not going to trust. And sometimes these trust issues with people get transferred to God. We assume that God is like the people who have hurt us. We may not consciously think this way, but it causes us to pull back in not only our trust from people around us, but our trust in God. And you and I can't develop a relationship or grow a relationship without trust. If there's not trust, there will never be a relationship. You can't build a relationship without it. You can't build a relationship with a person. You can't build a relationship with God without trust. And it's very interesting that the very first point of wisdom that God gives us when addressing the concept of receiving guidance is the issue of trust. Notice what he says. The very first statement in Proverbs 3, 5 is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Guidance from God starts with trust in God. And you say, what is trust? If I'm supposed to have trust in God, what is trust? How do I understand it? I'm not sure I know how to trust. And the reality is, you know, every person understands trust already. You demonstrated it this morning in a very simple way, that when you came into the worship center, whatever campus you're in today, when you walked into the worship center, you walked in and you sat down on a chair. You never thought about whether the chair would hold you up. Why? Because you trusted it. See, trust is very simple. Trust is reliance. That's all it is. It's confidence that something's going to do what it's promised or what you believe it's going to do. That's all trust is, is reliance upon or confidence in. So when we talk about trusting in God, we're talking about relying upon or having confidence in God. And you cannot separate trust from guidance. You will only follow the directions of someone you trust. You're not going to follow directions of someone that you don't trust. If you come to me this morning and say, Pastor Dale, I don't know how to get to Rockville. Well, you tell me how to get to Rockville. I have no idea how to get there. And if you come to me and ask me, I'm going to assume that you must trust me, that I know the directions there. And so when I give you the directions and you write them down or I hand them to you on a sheet of paper, what you most likely will do is you will take that sheet of paper or those written instructions, you'll go get in your car and you will follow them. Why? Because you follow directions that you trust trust. If you didn't trust me, you wouldn't follow them. 
And the same is true with God, that to be able to be guided by God, you and I must be able to trust Him. We must believe that He is available to us, we can give access to Him in our life, we can seek His guidance, and we know that we can trust Him with all of our heart, and then out of that comes this obedience. Let me share with you three things that will help you to increase your trust in God. They're on your notes. I'm going to ask you to read them together with me aloud and loudly at all of our campuses. How do you increase your trust in God? Here we go. Believe that God is loving and good, and He knows and only wants the best for your life. Can I ask you, do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God is loving? The Bible clearly teaches us that our God is love. God is love. He is a loving God. Do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that He knows and only wants the best for your life? If God is loving, and if God is good, and if God knows and only wants the best for your life, then you can trust Him. Second thing, read with me. You need to seek healing from the hurts that hinder your trust. Inside of all of us, we have a tendency to carry around with us, as I mentioned a moment ago, the hurts, the wounds of life. All of us have been wounded by people. People are very, very malicious at times, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally, but nevertheless, they hurt us. They wound us on the inside. And every one of those wounds, if it's not healed, eat away at and erode our trust. I'm not sure I can trust. It causes us to begin to build walls of distrust toward people. And then, as I said a moment ago as well, that gets transferred to God, and we build walls with God, and so we have these trust issues, and what we need to do is say, God, I know that you're good, I know that you're loving, I know that you know what's best for me, and that you're going to do what's best for me, and so God, would you come into my life, and would you heal the hurts on the inside of me? Would you heal the wounds where I've been hurt by life and hurt by people? And when you invite, listen closely, when you invite God into the wounded places of your life, He will heal and He will restore you. He'll put you back on a track again of health and wholeness on the inside because our God is the God who heals the brokenhearted. Okay? And there are people here today that you've got wounds that you're carrying around in your heart that have weighed you down for years. And I encourage you today to make the decision to begin to invite God into that place of your life, that place of hurt in your life. And God can come in and He, begin, he can begin to heal and restore and put your life back together again. And that healing facilitates trust in you. The third thing, read together with me is to obey God's instructions, believing for His blessings. If I believe that God is loving and good, and I know that He only wants the best for my life. He's going to do what's best for my life. As I'm opening my life for His healing, then I'm going to begin to do what He asked me to do. Whatever His Word says is what I do. I obey because I believe His guidance. And out of that comes blessing. Listen to Isaiah 1.19. If you are willing and obedient, as if you do what God says in His Word, you will eat the good things of the land. God leads you into good things by obedience. Matthew 7, verses 24 and 25, Jesus' words, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and notice this, puts them into practice. Not just hearing, but doing them, puts them into practice. Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. We are instructed very clearly that if you and I are going to experience God's guidance, it all starts with trust. We have to address our trust issues. Trust in the Lord with what? With 
all your heart. Be all in with God. The second thing that's necessary, if you and I are going to experience guidance from God, make good decisions in life, we have to adjust our lean. Address your trust issues and then adjust your lean. Notice these words again in Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Notice that phrase, lean not. There's an instruction related to how we are not to lean, which implies where we are to lean. Lean not to your own understanding. And it goes on to tell us then what to do. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the issue is your lean. The, the focus here is on the lean of your life. And what does it mean to lean? To lean is to direct your weight upon. If I had someone come to the platform this morning and if I were to lean on them, it would mean that I directed my weight. I placed my weight over on them. That's exactly what leaning means. And so the Bible says that we are not to lean to our own understanding. And when you and I are leaning to our own understanding, trying to figure things out ourselves and work it all out ourselves, what happens is we start playing God. We remove ourselves from the trust relationship with God and we take over and try to make life happen ourselves. And there are five reasons I want to give you why you and I should not lean to our own understanding. The first reason is because your understanding is very limited. You can't see everything you need to see to make good decisions in life. Anyone here ever been blindsided by something before? Of course you have. Why? Because your, your understanding is limited. You can't see everything in life. You're limited, as am I. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So our understanding is limited. That's why God says, don't lean on your own understanding. Second of all, your understanding is deceptive. You will lie to you. And there are people here before that, that at some point in time before in your life, you've lied to yourself because you wanted to do something, so you told yourself why you had reason to do it, even though ultimately you realized it was the wrong thing to do. See, we can lie to our very selves. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. The Bible says your heart, my heart is deceitful. It will lie to you. And that's why, as I've said before, don't let your heart be the leader of your life. Don't just say, well, I'm going to do it because I feel it in my heart. No, your heart can deceive you. Listen to Proverbs 14, 12. In fact, why don't we read this together? Would you read it with me aloud and loudly? It's going to be on the screen. If it's not on your notes there, let's read together. There is a way that seems right to a person, but eventually it ends in death. It can seem right, but actually be wrong. The third reason God says don't lean to your own understanding is because your understanding is contaminated with faulty thinking. Not only will your mind and your heart lie to you, but your mind and your heart have been programmed with faulty thinking. All of us here have some stinking thinking going on between our ears, okay? Our brain doesn't always work the way we like it to. Our thoughts are not always as healthy as they need to be. And so if we start making decisions out of our own understanding, we're making decisions on faulty information. 
Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 talks to us as believers who've come into relationship with Christ and how we're to begin to live our lives. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, that's before you met Jesus, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And notice this, to be, be made new where in the attitude of your minds. Why? Because your old way of thinking is faulty. We need to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The fourth reason why you and I are told not to lean to our own understanding is because our understanding is easily influenced by natural thinking, by wrong people, and by misinterpreted circumstances. I've watched people make decisions in life and, and miss the mark in, their, in, in terms of pursuing God's will for their life by the influence of all three of these things, natural thinking, that is thinking apart from God, not, not calculating God into the equation. I've seen people make bad decisions because of the influence of wrong people. You get the wrong people in your life, they'll give you, they'll give you the wrong advice. You follow the wrong advice, you go to the wrong places and do the wrong thing. Okay? And I've seen people make bad decisions in life because they misinterpret circumstances as being God's will. Oh, well, the door was open, so it must have been God's will. No. Just because a door opens to you doesn't mean every door that opens in your life is the will of God for your life. Amen? You know, the devil can open doors as well, okay? And so I've watched people without taking good wisdom and balancing all things together. Well, it must be God's will because the circumstances are just lining up. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean because the circumstances or everything's in place there that it's the will of God because it could be opposite to a principle of Scripture or opposite to a command from Scripture and you could be doing the very wrong thing in your life. And so what you don't want to do is lean to your own understanding when it comes to your natural thinking, surrounding yourself with the wrong people that are speaking wrong things in your life or misinterpreting circumstances that come your way. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but the natural man, that's just someone that's not seeking God, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. That is, we need a spiritual mind, not just a natural mind. 1 Corinthians 15.33, notice this, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. As I've told you before, if you want to know somebody's future, take a look at their friends. Because your friends will tell you a lot about your future. Who you surround yourself with is key to where you end up in life. And the fifth reason why you and I should not lean to our own understanding is because your understanding can be influenced by our spiritual adversary, the devil. Listen, folks, the devil has a voice and he'll talk to you. You say, well, pastor, how do you know the devil has a voice? Well, you go back all through the scriptures. In fact, let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve were in the garden. And the Bible says in chapter 3 that the serpent showed up in the garden and the serpent started a conversation with Eve and said, you know, Eve, if you eat of that tree, God told you not to eat of it, but if you eat of it, you're not going to die. And so there's this conversation that begins with Eve and with the serpent who is the devil. And then the ultimate result of that is yielding to temptation, the yielding to temptation by Adam and Eve resulted in them being expelled from the garden. They missed the will of God because they listened to the voice of the adversary. There are times that the devil will come along and try to talk to you and convince you of things about how your life should be or what you should be doing with your life or what your priorities should be that will drive you and pull you away from God. You, must, you and I must learn how to do what Jesus did, say, get thee behind me, Satan. Amen? Okay. 
to be able to make a stand and discern between our voice, the voice of God, and the voice of the adversary. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There's a real adversary. 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26 again talks about this real adversary. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do whose will? His will. So the question becomes, who are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice of the adversary, convincing you of a direction in your life that you should not be taking, or are you listening to the voice of God? Remember these principles. This is guidance for dummies, all right? Are you ready? Okay. Number one, trust in the Lord with all your heart, okay? That's where it begins. If you don't trust Him, you're never going to be guided by Him, okay? Second of all, do not lean to your own understanding. Why? Because your understanding is limited, it's deceptive, it's all those things we just talked about. Let me give you a couple of examples in the Bible, then we'll move to the final two points. Anybody remember a guy by the name of Noah in the Bible? Remember Noah? The story of Noah, you can read about it in Genesis chapter 6, but God comes to Noah in the Bible and God says to Noah, Noah, I want you to build me an ark, build me a boat. Now understand something, no one had ever seen a boat before, there'd never been a boat before, no one had created any ships before. This is the first time in history that a boat had been constructed. So Noah didn't even know what a boat was. So God has to give him instructions about how to even build this thing called the boat. And then God says, by the way, Noah, the reason you need to build the boat is because it's going to rain. Noah says, what is that? Because as far as we can tell, many people believe, as do I, that prior to this time, there had not even been rain in the earth. The The earth had been watered by streams and springs coming up. And so we see that there had never been any rain upon the earth. And so now here is Noah hearing two things that he doesn't understand. Build a ship and it's going to rain. And Noah could, if he had leaned to his own understanding, would he have ever built the ship? No, because he couldn't figure that out. There'll be times in your life that God will have you doing things in your life that you won't even understand at the moment. You can't figure it out. He's got you in a place in your life that you don't really understand why or what's going on. And God says, just trust me and don't lean to your own understanding, all right? I'm going to get you through this. How about Joshua? Remember Joshua? When Joshua goes to Jericho to take the city of Jericho, and so it's it's going to be a major battle, he feels, so he's asking God for wisdom about how to fight and win Jericho and take over this city, and God says, Joshua, here's my strategy for you. Are you ready? Here's Here's some great military strategy. Here's what I want you to do, Joshua. Get all the children of Israel together and line them up in a line and put the priest in front of them. And I want you to take them out every day for six days and walk around the walls one time every day for six days and just keep your mouth shut. Now think about that for a moment. And then God said on the seventh day, here's what you're going to do. You're going to walk around the walls of Jericho seven times and then you're going to give this command and the priests are going to blast on their trumpets and when you hear the blast of the trumpet, then all the people should then shout a great shout of praise to God. And and Joshua, this is what's going to happen. Then the walls are just going to fall down miraculously. Okay. Now if you're Joshua, what are you thinking? Yeah, right. Lean not to your own 
understanding. See, there was a strategy that God had that was different from the strategy of mankind. Let's talk about Mary, the the mother of our Lord, and how when the angel Gabriel came to her and said, Mary, you know what? God's got a plan for your life. You're highly favored by God. God wants to do something incredible in your life. And Mary says, what is it? And God says, uh, the angel says, well, you're going to be the bearer of the Christ child, and and you're going to be pregnant. And she says, you don't understand. I've never known a man. And, And the angel says, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. You're going to give birth to Messiah. I'm sure that Mary said, how how could this be? She did say that. How could this be? Lean not to your own understanding. But she responded by saying, may it be to me according to your word. And so she yielded to that moment. So there will be times, dear ones, in your life as you're walking through your journey that you will not be able to understand guess what? In those moments, it's okay. Lean not to your own understanding. Turn to your neighbor right now and tell him it's still going to be okay. Go and tell him it's still going to be okay, all right? So guidance for dummies. Are you ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And then let's go to the third point. What you have to do is acknowledge You have to acknowledge God's authority in your life. What does the next part of this verse say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Help me out, church. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Once again, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. What does it mean? Again, guidance for dummies. Guidance 101. How do we know what to do in our life? How do we make sure we're in the will of God? Trust God. Lean not to our understanding. And then acknowledge God in all of our, all of our ways. What does that mean? We acknowledge that God has His eyes on us. That God, that we, are, that we are the object of His attention. That God is watching over your life. Even when you don't feel that God is present, God is present with you because He's promised you that He will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. He's promised you that. And so you acknowledge that God is present in my life. I may not be able to feel Him right now. I may not be able to see everything I want to see right now. But I acknowledge that God is with me. I acknowledge that God has the authority in my life. That I'm going to yield to Him. My confidence is in God and my submission is to God. He has authority to tell me what to do in my life. And I'm going to respond. And that God is available to guide me. And so it's a very simple thing. Acknowledge God in all your ways. Acknowledge His attention to you. Acknowledge His authority over you. Acknowledge His availability to you. And you're fulfilling the conditions for guidance. Acknowledge God. So again, guidance for dummies. How do I make the right decisions in my life? How do I know I'm going to be in the will of God for my life? God says, okay, here you go. Just do these things. Number one, say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Number two, Lean not to your own understanding. Number three, acknowledge God in all that you do. And then notice the fourth thing. This is the last point you want to write down here. Anticipate God's supernatural guidance in your life, okay? The word anticipate is a wonderful word. You might want to use the word expect. It's related to a promise, Notice the promise again. I want you to listen to the whole context of this. I know I've read it several times, but I want this to really get into your heart today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And would you read the rest with me? And he shall direct your path. He will make your path straight. That, dear ones, is a promise from Almighty God. God said, if you'll do these three things, this is what I'll do. God promises that He will make our paths straight. He will direct our paths. There are a lot of believers, a lot of people that spend a lot of time and energy saying, God, I just want to know Your will for my life. I want to do Your will. What do You want me to do? What do You want me to do? God, show me what You want me to do. And somehow an expectation that God's going to come along and write in the sky, you know, Your name and then tell you exactly what to do, okay? Who am I supposed to marry or what job am I supposed to take? And God, I just want to know what you want me to do. And we get all tied up. I can tell you in my own life personally, over the years, uh, earlier years especially in my spiritual journey, I, would, I'd get, I got stressed out trying to figure out the will of God, okay? I'm, I almost became psychotic trying to figure out God's will. I, what is this way? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but when I read this passage, I began to realize, you know what? This is awesome. This is awesome because... It's really simple, right? Trust in the Lord all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. All your ways, acknowledge Him. And God says, I got you covered. I'll get you right where you need to be. If you'll do those three things, you don't have to spend a lot of stress. It's one of those passages in the Bible that after you read it, you should do something like this. Wow. It takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Okay? takes the pressure off of trying to figure everything out. Let me read you from a commentary. I love this. It's about this passage, this promise. As a person trusts in the Lord and acknowledges Him in all His ways, he finds that God makes His paths straight. This means more than guidance. It means God removes the obstacles, making a smooth path or way of life, or perhaps better, bringing one to the appointed goal. Here's what you must understand, folks, today, that as you do these three things consistently, trust God. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. God says, I will get you right where you need to be. I'm big enough to get you there. I'm wise enough to get you there. I'm powerful enough to get you there. I will get you right where you need to be. When you need to be there, you can trust me to do what I said I would do in your life. And when I read this, I want to go, amen, okay? A big holy life. That's relief, okay? So stop worrying so much about where the there is. Okay? Don't worry about that. Stop worrying so much about who the who is or where the where is, okay? Or what the what is, okay? I kind of like that. That's pretty nice. That makes sense. <laughs> and you start focusing on just your part of simply doing what you need to do to trust God every day. When you can't figure it out, it's okay. Lean not to your own understanding. You're not going to understand everything. And even when you don't understand, it's okay. And then acknowledge God in all your ways. God, I know, even though I can't understand, I know that you are with me, that your eyes are on me. You have the authority over my life. I know that you're available to help me in this, that you're going to bring me through. So I'm going to acknowledge you in all of my ways each day. And God says, once you've done that, I promise you, I will get you where you need to be in life. Amen.
And I hope today, if nothing else, I hope today you'll go home and all the way home you'll be saying, I'm so glad that God's got this. Amen. I'm so glad that God's got my life under control. God's big enough to get you where you need to be. Amen. He's big enough to do that. Now, next weekend, I'm going to give you some other practical guidance about, about, uh, about this whole process of making decisions because there's some things that I think we can learn as a part of sort of the practical side of it. So I don't want you to miss that part. But today, I want you to go home greatly relieved that God's got your life. Amen? He's got your life. Would you pray together with me? Father, we thank you for your word today. We're so grateful for the truth of your word and what relief it brings to us. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us to trust in you. And so I pray today that there are trust issues in our life. That wherever we have been hurt, wherever we've been wounded, wherever there have been things in us that have caused us to pull back on trust and especially our trust in you, I pray that you'd begin a healing process in that today. Let us make that decision. Help us to, Lord, when we don't understand, to not lean to our understanding, but to lean to you, Lord, to know that you're bigger and better than anything we could imagine that we don't have to understand at all. And help us to simply acknowledge you each day in everything that we do. And Lord, thank you that you promised to get us exactly where we need to be when we need to be there and the way we need to be there as we continue to follow you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.